Texas fellow slingers, and welcome back to Roll the Hard 20 podcast. We have a special episode of Rolling for 20, and with it, a very special guest, a man I have known for over three decades, an esteemed author, an amazing artist, a great man, and an awesome brother, and the creator of the logo for the podcast. I'm proud to have in the studio of the Rage Room with me, Samwise Didier. Thank you, Brother Ryder. Good to be back in the Rage Room. Hey. So, Sammy, welcome back. Only this time in a more official capacity as a guest, not a guest player. <laughs> welcome back. Now, we go back, you and I. How far back? Uh, we go way back. back. <laughs> we go way back. Uh, <laughs> decades, decades. Now, you're known for your amazing pictures of fantasy adventure. Can you give us some insight as to what brought you to that style that you're known so well for? Well, I would have to say uh, that the biggest influence on me uh, growing up was my father would pick me up from elementary school. He'd get off work at like 3.30 and I got off around the same time. We would almost every day go cruise by the the 7-Eleven or stop and go, whatever it was. And that's when I'd hit the spinner rack, which is where they used to sell comic books when we were kids. Oh, comic books. I, I was thinking of something else when yeah. you said spinner rack. Yeah. <laughs> no, is that, is that sounds like a spider. The sinister spinner rack. No, uh, the Seven uh, Eleven or Stop and Go would have just all these random comics. I remember that. Yeah, back Spider Man. And it, it was never. It wasn't like we didn't have comic book shops back then. It was you got your comics at grocery stores or in little convenience stores like that. So I would go and I would. You know, I would look through, I'd pick up a Spider-Man or, you know, Batman, Superman, stuff like that. But I always tended to go to to, uh, Conan the Barbarian. That was always my favorite for some reason. Um, So my first introduction to fantasy was Conan. Uh, Probably that's what started me on my path because I was around five or six. I remember getting busted. I was at Montessori School and... I don't remember... Checking out the spinner rack? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, my mom was in the uh, office talking with the principal or teacher, and I remember looking at one of my Conan books there. Well, apparently they had called my mom in because I had brought a Conan book to school, and it was, you know, it had violence, and it had, you know, sword and sorcery and magic and, you know, all that kind of stuff. I was the just dark there reading arts it. of Conan. And I believe, too, it was specifically Conan, even though I did have an, an issue of, it was called Son of Satan, which was an old Marvel comic. <laughs> yeah, it was like totally... Just total pedestrian that title. One, that one wasn't the <laughs> thing that was offensive. It was Conan. I, uh, you know, Maybe I'm remembering it wrong. Maybe it was the uh, son of Satan that brought them in. But either way, uh, I didn't get in trouble for it. But that was my first sort of foray into fantasy stuff. Uh I've always also loved dinosaurs. I used to have those old dinosaur books that you would, you know, they'd had in elementary school where there were just these killer paintings of dinosaurs. And dinosaurs are just, in my opinion, somewhat weaker version than, than dragons. You know, dragons, of course, are way cooler than dinosaurs. That's right. And their arms are full length. <laughs> yeah, they could scratch their chin. <laughs> um, and then it probably from there moved on to when I was about seven years old, uh, uh, the 1977 animated Hobbit movie came out. And I remember seeing that either on TV, and I do remember seeing it at school at one time, but that that totally just took it from a standard dude with a sword to now there were these little small dudes called Hobbits and hairy dudes named dwarves and, you know, pretty dudes named elves and, you know, things like that. So it was that was that really introduced me to 
more of the the high fantasy and not the sword and sorcery sort of stuff. But that's where it all started. Conan comic books, The Hobbit, and, uh, you know, basically my pops grabbing me comic books after school and reading them after that. You know, what's funny is everything that you've mentioned at some point I can totally relate to. Because the first time I saw a G.I. Joe comic was... Dude, this is about me. I'm just kidding. Go I'm going to edit that out. <laughs> was was episode 21, the silent interlude. Oh, that it was, was it was on easy a, reading. Yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> I thought they were all like that. I'm like, isn't this supposed to have words? But it was on a spinner rack at a stop and go. And then obviously I knew your dad very well, Mr. D. One yeah, to you, I. Hail. Um, Conan. We first met over a comic. That's in, right. In high it, school, episode one twenty three or something. One twenty three with the, That's the right. three we, witches or whatever. Vina, Vina. Yeah, that and, was a funny story because we had a uh, one of the people in our our uh, history class. She kind of resembled the profile <laughs> of Vina, which you know she was kind That's of a not withered flattering witch. At no, all, no, no, it's not. <laughs> But every time we'd see her, we'd be at Vina. No, you know, she didn't she know we were know. even talking about her. But yeah, so that was kind of, we were kind of dicks. Yeah. Those poor bastards. <laughs> but yeah, I, I totally remember all the, your, your, when we had an apartment together, you had drawn this dragon <laughs> <laughs> that had led out of your room, down the That's hallway, right. around the corner, and into the living room. There's this, this large bloody dragon with blood coming out of its mouth and everything. I totally remember that was just hilarious. And we didn't get our, our deposit back. But we did leave them a shopping cart full of empty beer cans. Yeah, and, yeah, you know, five cents a piece. That yeah, should have... Should, well, I think I did... adds up. I did tell you this. Okay, so, uh, dear listeners, uh, the DM, Brian, my brother Ryder, uh, was notorious for some reason going after flies <laughs> that would land on walls or ceilings. And he'd go after them with broom handles or swords or his fists. Uh, and so we had a ceiling that looked basically like the texture of SpongeBob SquarePants. It had holes in it all over. So uh, we didn't get, or uh, let me say, let me let me change that. He didn't get the security deposit back. I think you were <laughs> maybe in the military at the time. No, I was back out. You were back, but I got the security deposit, what was left. It was like 30 bucks, and I just said, you know what? I'm holding on to this because... Well, you did pick the Christmas tree that year. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I think you picked the couch from the garbage. (laughs) I did. I did. Complete with a bunch of bottle caps. (laughs) So, anyways, moving on. Like me, you've been playing D&D for years. I know we both started at different places in our lives. Mine was with the neighborhood kids. But what prompted you to take up the D20 and start rolling? So uh, I basically started playing D&D because I used to go to this uh, toy store that was near my house. My mom and dad would go to uh, Lucky's Supermarket. I don't even know if Lucky's is still around, but there was a They place. weren't lucky enough to stick around. <laughs> <laughs> Their luck ran out. <laughs> they rolled a one. <laughs> Roll the hard fumble. <laughs> um but there was a place called uh, Toy Express. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. And I that do. is that where... was right next to the shopping center. We lived close by. Yeah, that was that the was shopping was center that a Lucky's though, Berlin. or was that a, an Albertsons? It was a Lucky's. Oh, okay. Back in the day, yeah. And this might have even been before maybe you started going there. I don't. I don't know. But I know that they had Toy Express, and they had this section of was it Ralpartha? Is that how you pronounce it? The, yeah, the miniatures. And then they had all these D&D modules. And I remember going there just looking at it for the art, right? It was so cool, all that art back then. And there were all these dudes always in there. Like, they were older than me, but they were they were just big old nerds. Like, hey, when you know, the new edition, you can play a monk. And uh, You mean a cleric? No, no, I mean a monk. It's like just full on. 
it's basically how how we talk now about D and D. It was these were the, uh, <laughs> but the, we're cool talking about yeah, it. Yeah, we're totally cool. So we say the f word. That's right, dude. Um, <laughs> uh, those fucking idiots. Um, no, uh, so I remember listening to them going like, oh my god, this just sounds like really weird and convoluted. But I like the artwork. I like the miniatures. So that always sort of got me into that. Then I don't know. Maybe it was months later. I. I believe I was in sixth grade and a buddy of mine who was in seventh grade used to play Dungeons and Dragons, oh. but he couldn't anymore because his parents didn't allow him to. That's right. Cause, cause he was the summoned, devil, Satan's son. He You're was the son of Satan. <laughs> summoning demons, wizard. <laughs> anyway, so we didn't have any of the dice. We didn't have any of the books. So he just made up these adventures that we would play, uh, me and, you know, brother Eric. And because it, you know, we were 12, we were, you know, had to be at home on school nights or whatever it was. So we would call each other and we would play over the phone with six sided dice. And basically the way it worked was because everyone has a board game that has six sided dice. So we would take a six sided dice and we basically had it where it was uh, one to three to hit four or five, six is a miss. Right. So Thinking back, when you had a plus one sword, that was pretty damn good. You just upped your odds. Yeah, and then totally. it was like if you had a plus three sword, you never missed. Like so we eventually though, we played that and I still remember the first thing I killed was a barbarian. And I remember going like, Oh, did I just kill Conan? Like thinking that, you know, back to my old uh, childhood comic book Lamenting hero. Lamenting the yeah. loss of somebody you I just was, murdered. Yeah. And he was only <laughs> drinking wine with a woman. I heard the lamentations of the barbarian. Uh, but I remember playing that and I go, oh, this is super fun. And then eventually, uh, I think it was around this time that they started reissuing or no, no, it was the second edition D and D the one that had the player's handbook and the, uh, with the guys climbing up the statue and prying out the eyeballs. See, now you and I have had a disagreement about that. Cause I remember you that said was you, earlier, but I remember you said you wanted to play second edition one time yeah. and I brought the second edition. You're like, no, no, that's the second edition. I meant the second edition. That's the first edition. You're thinking of original D and D. It went original and then first edition with the, with the the thieves that were climbing up the. So the, which one is that one? That's first edition. Oh, hey, that's the one that. That's I was, the one yeah. that I remember very well. Okay, so and the DM's guide had like the Ifrit, the red demon yes, guy on the cover. Yes, and he had that that flaming sword in his hand. Yeah, and the, and the monster manual was that light blue. Uh, cutaway ground one that yeah, showed that was like weird. all the really bad like artwork. The, yeah, the the owlbear underground yeah. and the cave troll and yeah. all that weird and stuff. And they had like a, I think a red dragon or a unicorn on it. No, that was the unicorn. I think wasn't that on the might that, have been on the backside. Yeah, because when you opened up the covers, you could see like the whole mural of the and deities and demigods. Like I actually had a copy of it that had the Cthulhu and Melnabonian myths. Are you, did you remember those? Yeah, the, I, I didn't Elric read it, and, but I heard about that years later about yeah. how they had to revamp it to um, something else. They, they retitled it. I've, yeah, it I'm was uh, that part. Out. Yeah, they had like, <laughs> uh, yeah, there was deities and demigods, and then they changed it into something else and legends or something like that. I don't remember. Uh, but anyways, those were the, the books that I, kind of grew up on. And I remember going to this D&D convention at the Sheridan in Anaheim on Catella. And that's when they were like un- unmasking or releasing the Monster Manual 2. And that, I, was, that was a, a whole book. new friggin' world for me. Because I know you were always a fan of the Fiend Folio. Like oh, yeah. The darker stuff. I love the Fiend Folio. Dude, the uh, Monster Manual 2 totally just like brought in more demons and more giant types. Remember, it? I think it brought in those really dumb, like 
20-sided dice-looking characters or triangle figures. Remember those guys? They were like circles and squares with arms and legs, and they were just dumb. I remember, like, I'd never have fought or played against those. I just think they, they re- were dumb. re-envisioned those for 5th edition, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, and I, I've i never been a fan of stuff that looks goofy like yeah, that. Yeah, it was I'm always more like... of, of, like, the shock and the fear factor of, when you're adventuring, you should be shitting your pants. This shouldn't be a, a walk in the park. Oh, look how cute. I mean, like you had that uh, wolf in sheep's clothing where it had the bunny on the on the stump and the whole stump That's was right. an actual beast. <laughs> now that is, it's kind of a goofy monster by today's standard, but I mean, that's what it should be like. Everything that looks cute should still be able to totally fuck you up. And that should only be like a, a minimal appearance of it. You know, you look at the... Uh, the Death Knight or, or the, the Gith or the something. The Gith Yankee. Totally. The Gith you know? Yeah, those guys oh, are. That's another thing, right? So we were, I was just mentioning earlier that we had someone that looked like Vina from the old Conan comic, The Witch, at our school. We used to see, uh, I don't know, maybe this is when we were going, when we were finally old enough to go out to uh, taverns and have sarsaparillas <laughs> with the grownups. But there'd be a lot of the people there that were sort of, had been drinking and smoking for a while and were very thin and we would say they looked like the the Gith Yankee, you know, like Absolutely it was like, Gith. where's her silver cord, you know? <laughs> Cut that, send you back. Where's his silver sword, you know? Like, yeah, <laughs> that was, uh, that was, yeah, we sure had a lot of fun at other people's expenses through D&D. We did. I love Dungeons and & And now I hope they're having fun listening to us at our expense. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. A um, little off topic here. Could you please explain to the listeners what a slinger is, what a hard slinger is? Because okay. this is something from us. <clears throat> this, this. Do people not know? Uh, if they, they probably do by now, but it was something that we had created with our group. Yeah. So the, there's two stories. I will go with this one uh, because it's more appropriate to our topic right now. So slinging. We used to you know, hang out, and instead of saying things like, hey, do you want to role play or play Dungeons and Dragons this weekend. It's like, hey, do you want to sling some dice this weekend? You know, roll the bone, sling some dice. Because it kind of came from the term like gunslingers, right? Like you have, you know, gunslingers were quick on the draw and shooting, you know, quick shot, deadly, that kind of stuff. So, you know, we'd be sitting there, boom, slinging dice, you know. That's sort of where it comes from. And that's where we, then we would just, we changed it to, hey, you up for slinging this weekend? You know, so that's that's sort of where it comes from. So when I heard that you started calling the group the hard slingers, I was like, that's fucking badass. That's so right. Like, yeah, some of them didn't get it. I'm like, what? How could they not? This is obviously common knowledge to our small circle of friends. That's right. <laughs> but again, we, you know, I'm still hanging out with the same people that I've met in elementary and junior and high school. So, uh, yeah, the small circle has always been this size. It's been a good circle. It's been a tight circle. I like I'm that circle. Right. Now, I remember back to a time when we both didn't play D&D, when we were still hanging out and, you know, always hanging out. And then we did play d and I remember Tony telling us about the levers and yeah, all this other happy crap. Yeah, we need to tell that story. <laughs> that was always a good one. <laughs> and then we went back on hiatus, and then eventually we both came back to it. Right around the same time, you came back and started with 4th edition, and I started, when I came back, I, I started picking up the basic books that I had sold off years ago. What kind of brought you back into the fold of wanting to play D&D at that time? If you, if you could remember, because yeah. this is like over a decade ago at this point. Yeah, probably even more than that. Huh? Yeah. And it, it usually is the same sort of thing. Is I, I sort of have a saying in, in uh, my life. It's like I, I don't want to be living in other people's worlds, meaning 
I don't want to find entertainment playing other people's creations and video games and movies and things like that. I enjoy it, but there's a lot of times where people will let that rule their life. And it's, you know, I come from an artistic background and I work with a lot of artists and it's like, what did you do? What did you create this weekend? Oh, I watched, I binge watched X and it wasn't that great. Or I did this or that. Is that a show? Uh, yeah. X-Files? No. Oh. No, binge what? watch. I meant X, like a oh. random. Any, well, I got to add this to my queue. No, dude, no, is that kidding. on Netflix? <laughs> they got season five of X. <laughs> like DMX, right? What? <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> that's. <it. laughs> so I basically had found myself returning to Dungeons & Dragons over the years because it's not a world that someone else really created. Yeah, they came up with the rules and things like that. But we would come up with adventures. We would come up with characters. Our characters would have history. Characters would meet previous characters that we've had. And we go, oh, I remember that guy was a dick or whatever. Or, you know, they were, they were creations that, that we came up with that we had a history with. And I always enjoyed that because it was something we were making. And you know, we could have this sort of tribal knowledge of, oh, dude, remember that one time we were playing this guy? Oh, yeah, dude, he did this, blah, blah, blah. And we... It was just this sort of, we'd have our own house rules. We would take the bones of what D&D gave us and we'd make our own We'd make our own crit charts. So when you roll a 20, instead of it being some just boring sort of thing, we'd roll it and like, oh yeah, on a double zero, the dude's head comes off and on a 76, it's triple damage and he loses a finger or something. It's we a, had a pike in the eye. Yeah, <laughs> what was the, uh, it was like, you know, Jean-Claude Van Damage. Yeah, the and that was Mac. Like the, yeah, we had all these like just funny names from you know things from our past, like when we'd, we'd screw up a word or something, we'd put that in and it would become part of the crit chart. And that was just super fun. Like we were creating our own entertainment. Like anytime someone asked me, uh, what's your favorite game? You know, usually nowadays they mean video game. I yeah. always say tabletop, Dungeons and Dragons. Always. I just, you know, because board games, okay, those are fun, but they kind of, I don't know. They, they start and finish. Yeah. And they, they never really deviate outside of You can't build their, on them. Yeah, you can't, can't. There's no depth to them. It's all linear. At some point, you will get to the end of it. Yeah. It doesn't really rely on somebody else's input to alter the direction of the narrative. Yeah. You know, it's and like, if a game gets boring, like your D&D game, make a new character, make a new campaign. Yeah. Put the other one on hold. I mean, I can't count how many times these guys had like altered the course of, of the tracks that I had. I don't want to say I railroaded them, but I mean, I had a structure that they were going to hit certain beats or and whatnot. And they've they've diverged outside of those those guidelines. I fucked it up, didn't I? No, no. I, oh. was, I was just thinking of times when we did things that didn't go along with your story. Yeah, and it's the boat on fire. Yeah. <laughs> I still don't think we used sleep right on I that think one. It went, I think it went perfect. Well, it, it, from a flavor standpoint, it was very effective. Very memorable. Yeah, you destroyed that entire boss fight. I appreciate so, that. So yeah, some of my you know greatest. Uh, gaming experiences have been playing Dungeons and Dragons, and a lot of them have been with you. A lot of them with some of my my buddies at work. Like we had a uh, a D and D campaign uh, that lasted for three years by email, and it would take a long time. So we would maybe do a post or two a day, and then that was it. But I remember like it when it was finally over. You know, my character was a, a dwarven thief who basically we changed it to where he was sort of a, a dwarven version of a druid, meaning 
he was master of the wilds underground. So he had an affinity with spiders and snakes and rats and things that are underground, whereas an, an elfy druid would have forest and deers and owls and all that stuff. So he was like, one of his, uh, one of his critters was named Omnis. I, yeah. named, I named him after one of your uh, oh, characters. Awesome. It, was, uh, it was a little spider that he had that was like super toxically lethal, but the amount, the amount was nothing. So he had to like, I don't know if you milk a spider, whatever it was, collect the venom. <laughs> Show over. me how you milk a spider. <laughs> Come on, fucker. <laughs> Can you milk me? <laughs> I was doing the little nipple fingers in front of the mic. Uh, but there's something just about being able to create your own worlds and play in them and have it be able to be done so simple and quick. Even You don't even need the books nowadays. And, and I've played it where you don't even need the dice. You just need regular six-sided dice. You can do whatever. It's all about the personality you bring to your character and the, the DM's story and your ability to create an event and on the spot. Like that is just the most fun. We've done it with all of our buddies in our group for 30 years now, and we're still doing it. We're talking about it right now <laughs> on a podcast. <laughs> um, you know, it's, what's funny is I've heard from different people about certain editions can't be role-played, and I just completely disagree with that. I, I think that people rely too much on the mechanics rather than having a good narrative driving the story, and I think that an entire session can be nothing but role-playing, regardless mm-hmm. of, the, of the edition. And that being said, do you have a particular favorite edition or... Or does you know, it really always, not matter to you? You know, I... Or do you flavor more of, of the story over, over the mechanics? Uh, it, I've enjoyed all the editions. Like, I used to really remember loving the first edition. Is that right? That's right. Uh, and I look back at that now and go, oh, my God, there's so many little wonky things. And I even remember, I think we were going to go try to go back and play it, right? We ended up not for some reason, but... I think all of them. Just because like, I brought the wrong books, because you uh, said bring the second edition books, and I brought the second edition. Yeah, You're like, I think what he's the fuck beat, is this? He's beaten this horse in two. We now have <laughs> two dead half horses. But the uh, yeah, I, I I really enjoyed what was it was fourth edition the one with all the feet uh, the, the yeah. different things. So I enjoyed elements of that because I usually end up playing like a some sort of fighter warrior type, and in that one as a basic attack, they basically gave you the equivalent of what wizards have is cantrips. So my my character, Tyrannus, who I brought back to uh, the rage room here... And we uh, will be talking about him. <laughs> um, he would be able to taunt someone to make him attack him, which is great. Uh, he would be able to do something like a cleave, which would hit the main target and then do strength damage on the other one. He would be able to do something where I could bump a guy out of a square into the next one. Therefore, like whoever the mage was getting pounded on at the time didn't get a attack of opportunity if he left. But there were lots of things I could do in any given game. Now, we can do that now. I just have to go, DM, I want to try to do this. All right, well, you better roll off on that. And then we rolled off. And that's and, usually what we do. Yeah, and it's like, so you can do it either way. I just enjoyed that. That, that's, that one, though, was a bit heavy, it combat took too long because everyone was flipping through papers and dailies and encounters and that that sucked right I hated that part but I also and that was the hardest part of that which is yeah. I think we curtailed that by making a percentage whether or not you could get the encounter or the daily off and yeah. uh, it also encouraged people who are like really bean countery and they're always like well I will make this specific build and I will do you know it, it didn't allow for interpretation or, or having fun like, hey, DM, I'm going to try to run and jump and bounce off this. What are my odds? Well, you got to roll this. 
okay, let's try it. You know, I enjoy that sort of thing. Awarding people for, or not necessarily awarding or, or rewarding, but allowing people to be heroic. You know, in D&D, I hate it when it's like, yeah, I'm a warrior. I have a 12 strength. It's like, that's stupid. You know, like he should be at least 16. Otherwise, throw it away. Like I want my character to be heroic. I want him to be able to do things that the normal human or orc or halfling of my race can't do. And so by having those uh, abilities, it, it makes me want to not play timid and be a bit more bold. And Well, yeah, because you can't just march into your boss's office and take him down or something like yeah. that. You can once. Once. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, in a game where it's left up to your imagination, you can do whatever you want. There is, mm-hmm. There's nothing holding you back from anything. And if you have that rapport with the DM, then you could role play to your heart's yeah. extent. It doesn't matter. You know, it's like, well, I want to do this. Yeah, well, let's roll off. You know, that sounds badass. Let's, let's chuck these dice out. Let's see who gets the highest roll. You yeah. know, we'll come up with a, with a solution to this. Because I want to see the players succeed as much as I want to see my monsters succeed as a DM. Yeah. You know, I, I'm rooting for <laughs> my like monsters too. Yeah, well, I'm Not rooting me. for you guys. I'm rooting, <laughs> you know, I didn't put this fight together for... For no reason to at be all. Boring. <laughs> yeah, right. We're not going to sit there and play board games in this fight. Yeah. So yeah, another uh, another edition that I really liked was the very like first one, not first edition, but the previous basic thing where it's like I was yeah an the red elf box and I right? was uh, it was the red box, but it was the early version of that. Like the red oh, box that's the was the reintroduction day. of it. Yes, the one by Menzer. I believe was... this was more similar, where it was like a halfling was a class. Same with a dwarf, same with an elf. Like, it wasn't an elf ranger or a dwarven, you know, yeah. warrior or a halfling rogue. It was a halfling, and he had roguey type things, and the elf had innate magic and things like that, and the dwarf was innately sturdier. Again, I like being able to try different combinations. Like, I'm not really the—I don't like playing the standard, like, oh, well, you're, you're an elf, and I'm going to be a wizard. It's like, I'd rather play a class that's not associated necessarily with an elf, or— play them the opposite like we'll we'll chat more about it like when we get to the tyrannus part yeah and we will get to him so being a both a player and a dm hell yeah i'm a player that's right (laughs) (laughs) what do you prefer you prefer dming or do you prefer being a player at a table i prefer being a player just because it allows me to not have to necessarily be as as balanced or or think about the entire picture where a DM ha- is like the maestro and composing the, the story, the orchestra and all that sort of stuff and making everything, making sure everything works. I've never known the rules as well as any DM. Like maybe back when it was the first edition with the three books, I knew everything. Keep I would, that dead horse, yeah. aren't you? We've got some quarter <laughs> horses now. <laughs> no, these ones aren't Little as fast. <laughs> um, but uh, I knew those really well. But as the newer systems came out, I, I figured I was more of a uh, star player than a manager. Like I liked having the, the opportunity to be different people where a DM, a DM kind of has to know the rules and, you know, play by them to ensure the whole party is having fun. As a player, I can choose to be a dick with other party members. I can choose to be helpful or I can be flaky, whatever it is. A DM kind of has to make sure that everything's flowing the right way. And that's why I like being a, a player. I think it's, it's to me, it's, uh, I, you know, it probably boils down to a lot as an artist. Like, as an artist, I get to create a lot of worlds all the time. And when I want to relax, I don't necessarily want to have to be doing the same sort of thing. I want to be able to, to 
play as a character uh, in this new world we're creating together, you know? Now, as a DM, though, you, you make it seem very effortless. I mean, when I've played in your games and you've ran them, it just seemed like you had a great strategic brain for the things that you were doing, as well as a compelling narrative, you know, going for the, <laughs> the man's one true love, I which was his that. fucking dog. Hey, man. Stuff like that. I mean, I, really I remember that. That was an odd one, but it worked out pretty well. <laughs> I remember being sick for that. We were playing up at the cabin. That's I remember right. I was yeah. freaking dying. Yeah, the uh, I like to DM, and when I do DM, it's more of a. I don't try to. Uh, I usually try to make it like a one one issue Conan, right? Where it's when you sit down at the table, you're going to have a story that's sort of fun. You don't have to think too much, though. Hopefully, if I do it right, there will be a surprise where you're like, the guys are fighting over their one true love, and it's this fucking dog. You know, it's like, say, oh, my God, oh, man's best friend. Oh, I get, you know, like it, it has a little bit of the humor or tongue in cheek, but I kind of like it to where it can wrap up the having the, the big, long story is cool. But I don't know if I'm I don't regularly play as much to be able to to do that. And in my spare time, I could be working on a, a, an elaborate Dungeons and Dragons story or I could be working on artwork and stories for, you know, my other things that I want to work on. Right. So I really enjoy the being able to drop by, you know, even if it's once a week and really get into that, uh, that, that session and really give it all and then be able to go, okay, well, what am I going to do next week? Instead of having to worry like, well, shit, they just went the wrong way and they triggered all these traps and they're dead. How do I make them not dead and come back to life and then have explained it in the story? So both are fun, but I, I, I kind of like being the player on the field instead of the manager. Less responsibility. Well, when you create your character that you like to play, do you call upon these past inspirations during your character build? You know, stuff that you've you've read, like Conan and, and The Hobbit and all that other stuff. You know, what are, what's your inspiration for when you build that character? I, the, pretty much every player or every character that I play, I want to be different than what I am in life. I, I don't understand people who want to play a human character, whether it's a wizard or a cleric or anything like that, because I, to me, that's I play a human every day. Now, on <laughs> Friday and Saturday, I play the dwarf a lot, as you can uh, attest to some of our weekend adventures. Absolutely. Uh, with the sarsaparillas at the taverns, <laughs> looking at the githyank. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've and it's same with video games. I always like playing the monsters. Like when I play D and D, I want to be a half orc or a dragonborn or something different. Even if it's a, even if it's like a halfling, I don't want to be a halfling rogue. I want to be a halfling warrior. It's like I want to be this little tiny tank, encased in plate mail that's charging into the fray. Where most people they go, oh yeah, I want to do the big badass guy. It's like okay, I like playing either something that's non-human and monstrous because I can get into that monstrous sort of, you know, role. And it's, it's, it's fun to role play monsters, whether they're against society and don't give a shit about humanity or they're taunted by humanity and trying to always fit in, even though they never will. Hmm. Uh, if it's only half of them will fit in. Yeah. <laughs> if you're half orc. That's right. <laughs> What was that? What did that yeah, call? How you uh, could stir. What did <laughs> I call Rafu the half man half or something? Man. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Half um, of you can stay, the other half's got to leave. 
<laughs> so you're just standing in the doorway drinking <laughs> one half of your mouth. So, um, yeah, no orcs allowed, so you're just halfway in. <laughs> My good? <laughs> um, but I, I definitely like playing something that is not something that I would normally see. Now, going further on that, I also don't like the new round of D&D stuff where you got people who are playing like crystal shard people and half feathered, half whatever. It's like now it's just getting all wanky. You know, it's like I like the sort of classic crayon box. Yeah. Not the small one that has six cra- uh, colors. The one that has like 12 or 18, right? Like where there's a nice variety, but now you're the, the blues aren't starting to all look the same and they're just called different. Or, being a colorblind individual, they, they all look the same to me anyways. Yeah. And that's not being racist. You're racist against Totally. Crayons. They're all blues. <laughs> <clears throat> Yeah, is that why your pictures at Macaroni Grill always look so shitty when they, you drew on the tablecloth? I do. <laughs> I, I require adult supervision. I need an adult. I need an adult here. But yeah, I love playing. Uh, I love playing something that I'm not normally in real life. Like, again, like you were saying, you can't go in and you know tell your boss off and stuff like that. Well, in D and D, I don't want to be limited to my human, uh, you know, capabilities, whether I'm strong or not. Like I've never played like. Conan the Barbarian. To me, that I love Conan as a character and a story. I wouldn't want to play him because he's just a human with a sword. Now that's that's cool, you know. And one hell of a libido. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and a, that's what I want to play. And a thick noggin too. He always <laughs> gets right. smacked on the head and wakes up later. But yeah, it's it's like with Street Fighter. I always played Blanca, right? You know, <laughs> samurai. Yeah, remember him? Yeah, just like chunk, chunk. Massive red hair, electrocuting everything. Like, yeah, just that kind of. I like I'm playing the looking beast. for Blanca. What about you? You you actually tend to play humans a lot, don't you? Because uh, they're quick and easy. I don't have to think about the uh, intricacies of what their what their races might boost them or, or inhibit yeah. them. I just want to go in and do some action. You well, know, see, I, that's funny because like as the DM, you totally labor over all these different things, and as a player, I labor over all these things. But as a if you're a player, you want to get into the thing, and as a DM, I'm like, hey, I want a simple story and just get yeah. rolling. Like it's it's similar mentalities, but you are, but on I would sides, say yeah. you like DMing more than playing. Am I, that I do. right? Yeah. I, li- I like DMing. Yeah. I mean, there's times that I, I like to enjoy a good story. That's why I like good one-offs or even like a, a two or three session thing. I like to experience that because I like to let loose a little without having to worry about, okay, you know, where's this page at? Or, you know, am I paying enough attention to this person who may be looking at their phone or, you know, am I losing this guy's attention or is she paying attention? Or, you know, I want to make sure everybody is is involved, is invested yeah. in the story. Like, you know, Vratislav, what are you going to do? You know, and, you know, Junior, what's going on over there? That wasn't supposed to do that. <laughs> um, but I remember one time I thought. Rafu, what I, are you going to do? I'm going to roll the wrong dice. <laughs> I thought Eric was, like, not interested in the story because he kept looking at his phone. And uh, at the end, I'm like, what's my man? You didn't dig what was going on. He's like. No, man, somebody hacked into my bank account. They, like, ran off with, like, a couple grand. I'm like, dude, oh, why oh, did you tell me? Eric Radoslav. Yes. Oh, I thought you meant our brother, <laughs> no, Eric. I'm like, what, they run off with 20 bucks? <laughs> He's got no fucking money anyways. Um, no, I guess while while we were playing, he was getting getting identity theft oh, going wow. on. I'm like, why didn't you just say stop? He's like, no, oh, I was having fun. Oh, I could tell. Yeah. There's my man right there. We're you in know? the game, you know? Yeah. Hey. Priorities, yeah. Money will always grow back on that tree, but this, this is tonight. Yeah, but yeah, I just. Well, you were when I met you, you were, you know, writing, writing this big story for Christmas. You used to, you know, write short stories or you know, or poems or things like that for Christmas gifts. Mm-hmm. I would always draw a picture of something. Yeah, you know, like so. Yeah. 
you know, creating a character on picture, uh, you know, on a page is similar for me creating a character for D and D, and like writing a story is similar to writing an adventure. It's like yeah, kind of cool how those things tie together. Yeah, I, I like DMing though. I do, and I like, like I said, if if somebody's a, a good DM, I I like being in their story. If I've been in other DMs games and I I haven't been, it hasn't held my attention long enough to say keep running it. Yeah. Or, yeah, I, I want to stay in this group or not. I just, you know, I could always say that I'm thankful that with you and Tony and Eric and myself and, and even Mick, we've never had a trouble player. And that's that's, that's a blessing, you know. Except Mick with that wand of wonders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he blasted the whole party in front of us. Way to fireball! Go, <laughs> <laughs> he rolled it, came out fireball, boosh. Oh, man. Uh, but, yeah, I mean having played in the public venue out there, you could you could find other people that really go out of their way at times to make your game uncomfortable. So the best way to do that is to run the game. Yeah. You know, then you're in control of the game and stuff. And you pick a good group of people to play with and they're I mean, we're still playing a couple of years later, so that's really that's really good. And you and I we're we're still playing yeah. decades later. So yeah. that's even good too. So when I first informed you that I was going to put together this podcast, I'd asked for your help with the logo, in case anybody doesn't know. Sammy, of course, is the one who designed this beautiful logo. And if you haven't seen it, head on over to RollTheHard20Podcast.com and check that out. You could also be found on Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the Amazon link to get the t-shirt. That's of it. right. Don't forget that <laughs> hyperlink on the website. Uh, <laughs> You're just shilling now. I totally am. What was your creative process for divining this awesome staple of our podcast? Uh, Probably the inspiration was the name. You know, roll the hard 20. I mean, it's hard enough to roll a 20, right? It's like you got one in 10 chance to do it, right? Uh, Hang on a second. (laughs) Let me... Yeah, the math is right. Thanks, Rafu. (laughs) Perception failed. Keep your eye on the dice. That's Um, right. No, but when I heard, you know, roll the hard 20 and the hard slingers, like it, I don't know, it sort of conjured images of like sort of the, the you know, me, this, this might be going way too off, but like the seven samurai, magnificent seven going up against insurmountable odds. It's like, okay, well, rolling a 20 is hard enough, but what if everything else was a one? You yeah. Know, you know, fumbling everything except for you got to either get the 20 or you fumble, you fail. Because everything, every other face on that die. Is, is a, a one. one. Yeah. And it's got axes and a and mace and air broken shafts of yeah, arrows. Everything and is has was thrown at it. Uh <clears throat> and in you know, more of a graphic interpretation, not necessarily realistic, but everything was thrown at it to stop the person from succeeding and still rolled the hard twenty. I love that. <laughs> I love that logo. Yeah. Now for some time, you and I, we've been trying to schedule a week where we could have you on the podcast as a player, you know, and not just interview you because I've always wanted to do that anyways because we go so far back but I wanted to have you as a player we finally found a viable date and it allowed me to curtail the story so that you could be part of that that season finale at the time what were your thoughts going into that you know were you hesitant or were you eager excited I was maybe a little worried that uh how I would mesh with the group because we've seen this throughout our whole life together we have our friends and work associates and then when we're together, that's the group of the brothers, right? Where we have our own language. We, we have do have a shorthand. Things. Yeah, it, it definitely. And uh, I was worried, like, because this is, and you've seen it, like, with with people at my work where 
I have a relationship with people at work and you're like the, the outsider, not necessarily the outsider, but just to that group, you're the, the, not the normal thing. And how does that work when you have, you know, two people like you and I that are super close and have this shorthand and all that. But it's, it's, it's like, uh, uh, the old Seinfeld thing where George Costanza, I know you hate Seinfeld, had his group of Jerry and all his buddies, and then he had relationship George. And those were separate, and they worked. But when the girl, his relationship, started hanging out with Elaine from his friends, the two Georges were converging. It's like, relationship George and body George are getting, like, it doesn't work, you know, whatever he was saying. But so I always, I wondered, would I be able to fit in with the current group? Because... When we play, we definitely have our own personalities and things like that. I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to f up the group by coming in and like trying to be too too one way or another. I wanted to find out how the group was, and luckily, I'd been listening to. I can't, was it like twenty five episodes at that time? I think it was like twenty. Yeah, twenty five or twenty six. Like yeah. Um, in there. So I knew. I felt like I knew these people already, or I, I knew their characters. The people, you know, I didn't know only through their characters and how they talked on the podcast. So that was actually a big help because I kind of knew how to work with them because I knew how Ruby was. I knew how Radoslav was and and uh, Eldon or whatever his other name was for a time and Rafa. Yeah, he had some other wonky name. I forget. So I didn't want to come in with my character and be the strong guy or be the silent guy or be the whatever guy. Like I wanted to let those, make sure that those guys still had their parts, right? But I also wanted their to have lady fun. part. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, one of them at least. <laughs> um, but I wanted to make sure that I didn't I didn't mess up the story that I have enjoyed listening to. Right, I wanted to add to it as a uh, kind of like in Highlander. Right, they have the story, and then in one episode, it's like, oh, and now there's uh, this one guy for this one episode or two episodes, and then he's done. Right, it's like right. he was a fun little thing to add to it, but it didn't take away from the real story. And that, that was probably the main concern. I want to make sure that nothing that I did or how I acted ruined the story that you had or the relationship the characters and the players had. Well, we, I, I personally had had a, uh, a direction how I wanted the season finale to go. And, it may, and the timing just worked out impeccable, impeccably. Impeccably. That's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> you messed that up, not me. Impeccably. Um, and it just worked out really well because you were able to free your up your schedule enough. In fact, you showed up, I think, for two weeks in a row. And yeah, I was all able my to make... art deadlines were done. Yeah. Like, and I had Christmas time off for, yeah. from work. So I was like, I, I, I can do it whenever you want. What do you want to do? And we made the the second week a long episode where we were able to cut it into two and, and parcel it out that way. But I really enjoyed it. It and, was fun. And when, we, when I'd asked you, well, what kind of character do you want me to create? Or because or, you wanted me to, to put together a character for you, you said Tyrannus. Yeah. Well, how how long ago did we start? Pl- did I start playing with him? Because we played with him. It's been ten years. And our other group for so a little backstory on that. This was when uh, what is it? Was it fourth edition came out fourth and they edition. introduced the Dragonborn? Yeah. So I was like, okay, well, I you know I usually like playing the monsters, a dragon. That's great. And I'm reading about them, and they're like, oh, they're a noble race, and they're this and that. I'm like, fuck that. I'm gonna play a fucking badass dragon man. You know, it's gonna be a not a dragon man, but a dragon man. So my my uh, character, Tyrannus, was just a ruthless cutthroat of a dude. He was a warrior. Drag on. <laughs> he wasn't a drag. Uh, he, man uh, in drag? <laughs> <laughs> no, he wasn't that. Uh, he was more of a... 
uh, brought up from a, a wealthy dragon clan. I think they were the Dawnbreakers at the time or whatever it was called. Uh, and he basically was the lowest of the litter, like the youngest and the farthest away from uh, the throne his, uh, or from the head of the clan. So he was basically, his, his goal was to kill every single one of his brothers and sisters till he was the heir of the throne. And his father had no other option left, but to, it would pass to him when he, when he passed. And then the idea was he was not going to wait for that and take it from his father, but he was going to do it in the correct way by usurping each one of his brothers and sisters. I think it was like at a hundred or something like that. We had yeah, said it's you were crazy. the hundredth, yeah. hundredth one, and we produced your your siblings yeah. along the way. What was the one dude? The you had a Tyran or Tiberius. Tiberius, that guy was the, the awesome. scourge of the nest. Yeah, and then we had Red Gordon. Boo! Remember yeah, him? He was like in we prison or something, and he was like <laughs> booing at me and shit. He had a bard for a friend and shit. Yeah, bards. There's another class, jeez. Yeah, but so that was the that was the idea with uh, Tyrannus. I w- we had played him over the years, and we played him, I think, to like level ten at one time, and then we started him over in another thing in a different setting. And he was it was actually in this in fifth edition. Yeah, and then because uh, we did it up at the cabin. Okay, for, for right. A, uh, one or two times, and then we put him on hold, and I, I rebuilt him. Yeah. Did you have any goals bringing Tyrannus into the story? Because I, I know him to you be the older version of Tyrannus. <clears throat> yes, and I don't know if he if he had succeeded in his quest or not. The idea would be that this could be in the Tyrannus storyline. It could be canon, or it could be like they do in a lot of the um, Marvel or DC. It's like this. This you know, I don't know if this group. And this setting is the same as what we played in, but the character could be because in in those comics they have like Earth X, Earth this, Earth that. It's all the same character, but they all have slight differences. And in the one that I was playing with you with with the brothers, Tyrannus was young. He you know wore blue and a uh, blue uh, plate mail, had a broadsword and a shield. He was the tank of the group. He would just get up there and try to get everyone to be pounding on him, and he would be doing cleaves and dragon breath and things like that. In this one, he was the older version of him. And he wasn't as heavily armored, but he did more damage. He had a great sword instead of the one-handed sword. So yeah. that was really fun because it brought a whole new sort of style of play for Tyrannus. I wanted him to be older. I wanted him to be not necessarily a friend of the group. So that's why he would stop in the middle of combat and sit down and be like, hey, you know, we're still fighting. I'm not. I just killed my guy. You guys handle yours, you know? And he was a few levels ahead of the rest of the group, too. Yeah, he was a because couple. Because I wasn't sure if they were going to turn on you and I need you to be able to <laughs> hold your own. So Yeah. Well, that was also another reason why I didn't always engage in combat or I let people go <clears> first. <throat> Story-wise, it's great because if you have all, you know, caught up and listened to it, we were rival factions searching for the same thing. So there were f- what, four of them, or is that how many were? Yeah, there was four. So I needed to thin out the herd if I was going to, you know, there was a lot of them there. So if, if one of them got killed, well, great, fine by me. But also it allowed me to be, if you know, I was a few levels higher. I was like six when they were four or something like that, maybe even more. I didn't want to be robbing the the thunder from people, right? So it was like, I'll do my attack. And then it's like, yeah, I'm done. I'm, I'm cold. I'm going to sit by this brazier while you guys clean up the rest of the, the fodder units. You know, he was taunting them the whole time and, you know, kind of helping out, but not being as forthright as he could be. And so I thought it played out really cool. Like, yeah, it did. I mean, did you have any other agendas <laughs> that you wanted to achieve? Any other beats that you yourself 
wanted to implement that you hit on, you know, besides the ones that we had already spoke about, you know, like before you jumped in? Well, I know that I wanted this character to be sort of like one of those characters you would see in a series where you don't see him all the time, but when you do, you're like, oh, this guy's a dick, or oh, I love this guy. And but because he doesn't, he's a dick. Yeah, because he, he can he can be a little bit more crass or a little bit against the group, but you know that it's not necessarily like he's not out to kill them, but he's there to get whatever he can, you know, it's a, and then he'll be gone. And hopefully like my, my idea is that I would love it for one day for the group to come in. They're going to be, you know, slinging again. And they see me sitting at a table and brought us, I was like, oh, fuck, you know, like, and Ruby's yeah. like, I want my book back. And, you know, Eldon's at my side worshiping me for the <laughs> dragon man that I am, you know, and then, you know, I can poke fun at Rafu's empty socket. You have an eye for him. <laughs> I have an eye for you. <laughs> but yeah, that was, that was kind of the goal. And, but I also wanted to revisit this character that you and I had been playing and knew a lot of history of that you could easily, you didn't have to come up with a lot of stuff. You could kind of work in the personalities that that uh, he had because you DM'd pretty much every adventure he's ever been in, you know? Yeah. Uh, as far as Tyrannus returning, we have plans, you and I, on the horizon of, of when he'll make his return, obviously. It's, you hear that, Ranger? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and... And I know him so well that if I had to play improvise him, if, oh, you, could, if you couldn't make it, that's I think that uh, in the last episode they they heard a familiar voice and they weren't certain if it was Balls or Tyrannus. They just they at first they weren't certain. And uh, that's funny because I know who it is. You do know who it is. I do. And uh, but we're going to leave that for the listeners to listen to. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> we you and I have already had machinations of how to bring him back and where he'll be later on down the line and and how these guys will will find themselves either joining him or butting heads with him. You know, it's almost one of those things where it's it's the devil you know. You yeah. kinda you almost want to team up with somebody even though they might have fucked you over in the past because the outcome without that person is worse than if it was with them aiding you. Yeah, you yeah. Know, I mean, so. they've already seen the Bruce Lee movie Enter the Dragon. We'll wait till the sequel, Return of the Dragon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and with that said, I don't know if you have anything else you want to add to this evening's uh, little interview. Oh, no, nothing. Uh, I, I enjoyed uh, the interview. This was super fun, but it was good. Actually, good seeing you. I haven't seen you in a, a little spell. Yeah. Now, that, now in this age, we text or call, and then we you know try to make time to hang out. We always have our big bear trips, which is a blast. I don't know if you guys know this, listeners, but uh, at least once a year, we go up to Big Bear, sometimes in the snow, but we drink home brew, we barbecue, we make, you know, Cajun red beans and rice or black eyed peas, and we play D&D and watch shitty movies all weekend. It's pretty good. Your movies aren't shitty. Those are good movies you bring up. Thank you. But uh, you know and, the and other Tony's ones. Tony's beer is good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we have a we have a blast up there. So yeah, that's that that's always been a fun treat. So like when over this Christmas break, when I was able to come by, I remember really looking forward to it. And then especially uh, sort of missing. I used to play in a D and D group at work, not just the email one, but uh, once a week years ago. And I remember how fun that was. And it's like nowadays, it's a bit more. My schedule's a bit more busy. You know, I'm working on a lot of art and got the young boy Jack at home and stuff like that. So having those two nights was super fun, especially because it was like 
two weeks in a row. It wasn't like yeah, I had to wait five weeks till the next session. Or yeah, like yeah. That. The, you were able to, and nobody knew more than you did. Yeah. They didn't know more. Nobody knows more than I do. That's right. Say that again. <laughs> Give me a coin, DM. <laughs> um, but like when the session ended, everybody was was ended in, in the dark. And then when it picked up, everybody was on the same playing field. Like I didn't clue them into anything that you didn't know and you weren't privy to anything that they didn't know other than we need to get to a certain point. Yeah. And you and I knew that that certain point was at some point you need to abscond with that soul crucible yeah that was that was already there at some point but they had to get it back so yeah. you could take it but at some point how they got it back was totally up to you i didn't uh i didn't understand why it took so long for them to know that that was it that they could trade it off or, or, or no that that was the soul crucible because i was like oh. kind of hanging out like oh what happened to your eye like i i didn't want to sit there and just drink the potion and whoop you know, like, I'm gone, later, fuckers, you know? Yeah, because like, we had that as a backdoor exit, that you had the one potion of invisibility. Yeah. So at any time, you could just see yeah. it, but you couldn't leave. You had to, they had to get the soul crucible yeah. at some point. And I left that, that was totally up to you. I didn't take that agency from you at all. So yeah. how yeah, you guys made it. that was a fun it. one. And that was, it, it yeah, that, end, that couldn't have ended more perfect with the whole... Eyeball. Oh, that was awesome. Bye bye. Oh, I totally, <laughs> I forgot he had the card. And I, I forgot. I, that anybody, anybody would have totally thought that that was well played. Like It, it sounded like a setup because wasn't totally Elden like, uh, well, don't you what? have that artifact? Yeah, or, and that or was, Ranger said I that give you my word, that was not <laughs> planned. I had forgot he had the card. And when he played it, I'm like, Oh, fuck yeah. This is so great. This is the season finale. What better time for him to fuck this up, man? He read, he looked at the card. He knew what it was, and his eye just melted in its socket. <laughs> and I thought that was amazing. Couldn't ask for anything yeah, that better. Was a, that. that was a fun thing. And I was, all, I was like kind of, you know, worried after the first night. I was like, oh, man, I hope they, they had a good time. And you're like, and I emailed you like, so did everyone do? You're like, yeah, man, everyone had a good time. Yeah. Like, good. Like, I guess that that also just shows, like, you know, we've all played your group and myself, you, me. We've all played Dungeons and Dragons. We all sort of know what parts we have to play, even even if we're a new group together, right? Like this, like you were saying, how cool this group was. It's like, yeah, you don't have the, you know, the one person who's trying to like pickpocket or backstab and you know kill people in the yeah. group and passing notes to the DM. It's like that's maybe that's fun if you're like 15, but that's like. That's like, like how like what's getting social... drunk all the time. Yeah, like that, stupid that's, shit. That's just like all that stuff's just. It's supposed to be a cohesive yeah. game where everybody's working together, not trying to. I wouldn't say fuck the other person because or undermine because sometimes you do want to undermine them if if you're a guest star. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, that's, you know, that was the whole purpose of that. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's supposed to be a collaboration of everybody, and everybody had a really good time. I remember that. I spoke with Junior the next day at work. He was like, man, Sam's a really good role player. And I guess sometimes I take it for granted that because you and I have played so long that I wouldn't have expected anything less that that's how we act. That's how we play. Yeah. We bring the voices. We bring the energy. We want to do that. And, and it's it's cool to see you bring it to that level. You didn't just go Sammy. I mean, you went, Sammy. I was, you know, I you was were in, like, oh. uh, I almost said Draconis, uh, Tyrannus, like the whole time. I actually had to go like, all right, so <clears throat> okay, this is me talking right now. Um, yeah. Can I do this? Because <laughs> it was a uh, you know that was that was definitely fun though. I liked uh, 
and even the comments that weren't necessarily related to in game, like someone would say something as, oh, he must be having a cold too, you know, or just like, you know, making jokes like in character, I think is fun. Yeah. Well, we, we've got that wry humor too. We're, yeah. we're just, we always look for the in, you know, yeah. just like, ah, I saw that, chink, chink, because we're always <laughs> on alert for one another because we don't want to. To show that that can't underbelly, because can't leave a smog just, opening, you know, where nope. there's the, the scale missing. Put a fucking candle out in your black armpit. arrow, me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't have anything else to add. Um, yeah, no, it was a great interview, and I just need a uh, you know. So uh, this would be for the uh, the hard slingers. I had mentioned to DM writer Brian earlier. Send him like a uh, a quick you know paragraph of what your characters sort of look like hairstyle if they look like a, a what do you call it, movie star that we might know but yeah I'd love to do you know along with the logo and any other kind of icons like the the Seekers Foundation stuff do little uh, you know torso portrait shots of, of the characters in the group so give uh, give DM some of that information and over the next you know month or so I can maybe start cranking some out yeah that'd be awesome we'll go ahead and uh, we'll post those to the website yeah. and We'll put together a gallery page for that, and obviously with credit to the great artiste. <laughs> I'm going to draw left-handed. If I draw right-handed, it's over too quickly. You know. Well, thank you once again, brother Sammy. Cheers, brother. All right. Until next time, keep slinging those hard twenties, dog. before we get going um let me get up go hit the head real fast all right bro oh i didn't know that this was a uh, pants optional sort of thing <laughs> dude what are you doing put that shit back on I, well actually i expect yours to be off when i come back by the way <laughs> your 20 bucks is on the table well i you know there's the other uh definition of a slinger <laughs> <laughs>